0: I'm Bella Wood, and this is Removed. This is a podcast where I ask three people the same three questions, and each person picks the next, so I see where I go and what my answers are. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy. All right, it's recording. Umberto, how are you?
1: I'm good, you know. Um hanging in there doing the thing doing the surviving
0: (laughs) that's good i'm glad you're surviving umberto that makes (laughs) me happy okay umberto um Mm -hmm. we know each other because well we actually never worked together but um you were RA. officially nope no no we we worked with the same people but because you were you graduated the year before yes I became an RA
1: yes yes but I feel know. like I was a mentor a role model
0: sure, yes a role mo- when I got hired <laughs> I said I want to be Umberto
1: oh oh no no <laughs> oh, god no uh no yeah no yeah we um I as has been made pointed out many times in our friend group I'm probably I think one of the oldest yeah one of the oldest and so um yeah I kind of like went through the things before y'all went through the things and so like hall council and RA and then um there was overlap in people that we worked with uh and then I was I was always around though afterwards too (laughs) so um even when I was still in like uh in grad school and you know jumping from from secret location to other secret location, just in case other people hear this, um, you know, (laughs) covering my tracks, because I don't think what I did was truly (laughs) (laughs) illegal.
0: Yes, you um, made the most out of your grad school career, and we saw you, so that was great. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Umberto, can you introduce yourself and tell Mm me who you are, so what's your name, where are you from, and what do you do?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, my name is Umberto Giles. I am a teacher from New York City.:
0: Very nice, very nice. And what kind of teaching do you teach?
1: <laughs> I teach uh, I teach at a high school in Brooklyn, uh, and I uh, teach uh, these this is my fourth year now, and uh, all four years I've been teaching geometry specifically.:
0: You've been teaching for four years already.
1: This is my fourth year teaching, yes, I, I am just as surprised as you that I've lasted this long, but no, it's, it's, been, it's been super fun, um, definitely, I've had a chance to do a lot of reflecting this year, because I have to go through a process um, for tenure, but uh, so it's been, it's forced me to like, think on it, and that first time I realized, oh my god, this is my fourth year, I had that same reaction, I've been teaching for four years, yeah, it's crazy how that time flies.
0: It's so wild. I remember you deciding to become a teacher, and I feel like it was, like, last year.
1: I know. I know. It feels like, like, even linking it back to, like, college, like, that time, right, when you're outside college, and you're, like, right after you graduate, and you're trying to figure it all out, and then it happens, and then until now, it just feels like a, for me, it feels like, that was, like, that's five years, I think, but it's also been, like, on fast forward or somehow. Um, but yeah, it's, it's crazy thinking about that now.
0: Yeah. So wild. Um, Umberto, are you ready to answer just a little tester question to get you in the mood for some questions?
1: Sure. I, uh, as a teacher, I always ask questions. So like this being flipped on me is like super, super fun.
0: Good, good, good. Good to hear. <laughs> okay. First question. What is your favorite food?
1: My favorite food. Um. so I'm going to go with like comfort what oh, brings me comfort and I think I would have to go with pizza I'm going to just go with like a like a good New York slice mm. I feel like that gives me comfort I don't know if it's like it might be the time like I was at Sony for a little bit and I I think all we had was like Domino's <laughs> and uh, I didn't even know if they had pizza in like like the uh, rest places the food courts um wow that's how old i am i forgot what they were called um but yeah no i i think coming back and like getting into pen and then like knowing that there was like pizza around the corner or pizza in the train station or just like when i got off my stop on the subway i could grab pizza i think that's always been my um comfort food um and like not to not to like um say that domino's isn't good like it's just like oh once you have the same thing over and over again it's just um you 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 feel like you're missing it out uh, and so even domino's pizza I think would be somewhat comfort food when I haven't had it for a while because I, I love a good pan pizza it always like whenever there's like a long thing like a long day or long weekend where it's like oh my god I have so much work ordering a pie you know just like letting it you know let it hit the spot.
0: Yes. Definitely, and um, I agree that you know New York City is the mecca of pizza. How do you feel about people who say pizza is better somewhere else?
1: I mean, I'm I'm not gonna like say that you're wrong, but I mean, you're entitled to your opinion. But I I think New York pretty much has a beat. Um, granted, also, like, I I, I don't know, I always do this, I I see both sides. Um, I haven't had all the pizza in the world, so I can't say, oh, this is the best. For me, it's the best. Um, if they want to say, oh, no, this pizza I had somewhere else was better, okay. But I I, I feel like I've heard a lot of people that agree with me. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna respect their opinions, but then in the inside, just judge them (laughs) secretly.
0: Yeah. Definitely. Well, I think that's a very open-minded answer. That's really nice of you, Umberto. Thank you. Yes. Um, I'm gonna say New York is the best, but New Haven gives it a run for its money. New Haven Pizza is really good.
2: Ooh.
0: Yeah, I have really? to say. Not not like a total run if for I its never money, like New, Haven,
2: I will, New York I'll doesn't
0: have to be scared, but mm-hmm. um, Okay, Umberto, are you ready for the big questions?
1: Oh, I was born ready.
0: Okay, born ready. Wow, I love the enthusiasm. All right, first one on a scale yes. of one to 10, 10 being the highest, how strictly were you raised?
3: That's
1: interesting. I think I'm going to, I want to go with uh, seven or eight. I want to lean towards an eight. I'm going to go towards an eight. Yeah. Solid eight. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's interesting because um, growing up in like a Latino household, it was like, oh, okay. Like, this is the things that you have to do. And then like having friends that are also, um, have a similar background, like they're, they're not the same um, nationality as me, but having just like a Latina mom or even a, a, like a dad um, or both, Um, they, there's like so much overlap where it's kind of like, um, oh, you have to do it this way or you have to do this, this, and this. And I think when you're a child, you think, oh my God, like, oh, they're being so annoying. Why do we, why can't I do this? Why can't we buy that? why can't we do x y and z and i think as you the older you get you understand why and it's kind of like um kind of like i think the it, it could be a cultural thing or it, it could be just like a um just like a moving from one place to another and trying to come here to the u.s to kind of like have that like quote unquote american dream or kind of like take advantage of all the things that are you can gain from here, right? So I think one of the biggest things that I've noticed and I've realized it's kind of like even as a teacher now, I I, I see it in like their, the parents that I talk to when I do conferences, or when I call home and things like that. It's kind of like um, they want their kids to do really, really well and have opportunities that they couldn't or they weren't able to because of circumstances, because they were born with like having uh, infinite potential uh, or like quote unquote infinite potential where. Um, things access to things uh here in the us probably a little bit easier than from where they're from so um, so it kind of like makes it makes it it a little bit um, bit, where um, they get upset when oh there's an echo (laughs) i'm sorry
0: (laughs) that's okay i can't hear it
1: yeah okay no i heard it i heard the echo um so uh there we go um, sorry, we're, so I think parents get upset when their kids like, don't do well in school because um they want them to like create a future for themselves and like have that opportunity. um, and so like things like that where like i I, I remember back to like when I, like I did well in school, but um, even if I messed up a little bit, it would be like, oh, um, you could be doing better, or, oh, why are you getting that class?, um, you need it. And I was like, well, when i was then i was just like well i don't want to do everything rigidly one two three um there needs to be some freedom um so you know i kind of like like kind of like most teenagers do rebelled in a little way um but then also kind of like seeing my mom's side i was like okay i gotta and and being the oldest i think being like that also was like okay well i gotta kind of like listen to her and kind of get back on track but i do give my mom i think so much credit because she didn't force any career on me or any anything, any like anything to study in particular. That like I know yeah. other people have like said, oh, my parents want me to be a doctor. My parent wants me to be an engineer. My parents want me to be an engineer. Different things like that. Like for me, at least, my mom had always gave me like this um, this freedom to, you know, you have to study. That's that was like the number one thing. Um, but you know, study what you want, study what you can. And so like I, that kind of like let me. Go on my own journey like to study math, which I don't think anybody in their like right mind that like would. but I think it was a an experience that I needed to have, and I had it, and I gained so much from it. I'm not doing anything theoretical math based, but um it set me up for like like I, I was able to explore my passion. and at that time, I thought that was math. And I think it was math at the time. um, and then I was able to discover new passions, and I was able to follow that down the road. So I think that freedom, that leeway, um, did kind of like set me up to be um, where I'm at right now. And also I think if I didn't have that structure though, I also don't know what would have happened. So um, yeah, I think an eight, I think is a good ball- a good place to be. And I don't think it's necessarily like a bad thing, but it did, um, you know, cause I, I think it set, set up my experiences to be what they were. And I think that's how I was able to come here and fast forward to uh, when we were recording and talking to you. <laughs>
0: Yes, yes. A large fast forward. Um, that's really <laughs> nice um, that your mom set you up so well. I think that it sounds like she had the best intentions for you and it put you in a really good place. So shout out to Umberto's mom.
1: Yeah, shout out Nube. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, That's great, Umberto. Um, and I mean, you are teaching math, so I guess it kind of, you <laughs> know, it's still sticking with you. I know you said it's um, not as much of your passion
1: but yeah even um even like so like I it, the difference that like I, I was talking about like how I decided to like studying math right and like I decided to study that and then um becoming a math teacher was a different it was, I, I sprinkled in oh I like helping people and so that became into it and now I think it's it's even shifted a little bit more to where it's like I could probably not be teaching math and just be teaching and I think I would be okay with that too. So I think I, I've noticed that. Um, but yeah, I've 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 loved math and um, I don't think others. So I, part of the thing of being a math teacher is I'm not going to get everybody to love math. And I think yeah. but I can get people to l- like pursue their passions and pursue their interests. And if I can teach you a little bit of math that the state says you have to learn, then that's great. And that's enough. And I think um, I think that's that's also tying into like how my mom raised me was like, you just you need this, and then kind of like pursue your own thing.
0: Yeah, I really like that. I think that's a great way to um mm-hmm. be a teacher, and uh, we need more teachers like you and
1: Oh no, yeah, we'll, we'll see.
0: <laughs> okay, you're very, very humble. All right, Are you ready for the next question? Yes. Okay, so this is a segue from teachers. Well, it's not a way from, it's going towards. Um, who was your favorite okay. teacher in your lifetime?
1: Ooh, I, uh, I, um... I've been asked this question now for four like four or five years straight ever since I decided to be a teacher because like in every application like um, in the application process they ask us this question at, once you're in the program I did like a teaching fellows program in New York City um, they ask you the question again in person and then in grad school <laughs> it's asked I think once a year I think and even in like uh, small professional developments that we do it like always ties back to this and I I I hard I think I had a hard time like thinking about this question and I think the reason why is because the person I like kind of like is memorable and I don't even know if they're like my favorite teacher I just think it's the person that stands out the most and Mm -hmm. it's um and it's Mr. McHugh taught me ELA 12th grade Um, so literally right about right as I'm about to leave that's when i had like i had like a memorable teacher obviously i think i remember like i remember most of my math teachers because i was paying attention and like did like i we always connected because i always did the work and i was like i was like on top of all the stuff and i would call out and be annoying but so like we bonded there but i th- i think it was harder with other teachers and um doing this whole like that whole process of applying and like becoming a teacher and kind of like what type of teacher you want to become it like it dawned on me that the reason he's standing out right now and and this is now like what 10 no i'm sorry i'm a lot older than that like this is like uh, a good 10 11 years um <laughs> down the line uh, right right i don't even know time yeah um, yeah this is like 12 years this is 12 years this is 12 years um it it's uh, we, we we did talk about me cutting class and so uh I in I did not go to every single class I specifically decided to cut out the humanities classes so I I did not like those because they they weren't they weren't to my strength so I I struggled and I had to like do more work and so I guess for me I just didn't want to so I English French global or history I just did not like I I just did not um but so like we had I had a bunch of teachers that kind of like would ask me oh why are you cutting you shouldn't do this blah blah blah, blah." and and it was just the same conversation over and over again um he caught me one time and i remembered this because i i I, like i vividly remember this and i think this is why it stands out because um he i don't remember exactly what he said but he was like asking why i was cutting but it was like a he actually was asking why like he wanted to know what was going on like you're cutting class because you're not because you don't like the subject or you're avoiding something. Um what what's going on? And he was digging and he was like trying to figure out the proper and like try figure figure out what the root cause of the issues were. Um and it was um it was it was I think the first time I had an interaction with a teacher like that, or at least an interaction with a teacher with like like post maybe elementary school or something like that, where it's like, oh, this is someone that is genuinely asking um about what um what's happening and it actually cares about it so it's kind of like like i, I would would it to like people say oh how are you doing just like as a greeting but then it would be like oh how are you doing like and like what's how are you doing what's going on like are there right. anything's bothering you right now things like that um and so i remember that and i i think um obviously that didn't stand out to me um in the moment right uh, i i think it did subconsciously cuz i i think i stopped cutting his class i went um he helped me edit my college essay um so he had a big influence in just me ending up at Stony Brook and you know fast forwarding to meeting you and doing this podcast but um but yeah he he like I think was he was one of like the the f- very rare teachers that kind of like reached out and 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 like showed that they cared and I think that um that had that impact in me because then when I was like in in my process of becoming a teacher and trying to navigate all that it is I was like well what what type of teacher do I want to be and just like who I am as a person it's it's like well it's kind of that and so like some people will will say oh you're not supposed to smile like for the first two months of teaching or three months of teaching or you're not supposed to build strong bonds with your students or like have a have a line and um I think well, one the pandemic has completely obliterated that um, because yeah. now we text students just to, like, um, but also it's kind of like no. I, I think I remember cracking the first time in in front of um, in front of students because they made a joke. He he wasn't supposed to. Be, he wasn't doing what he was supposed to be doing, and he made a joke, and um, I cracked in front of everybody, and it was like we all just started laughing, and that was a real moment. And it was a real moment, and I think the the kids saw me as a real person and as a human, yeah. and when uh, Mr. McHugh did that he saw me as a real person and as a human and I think as um as a teenager as a as a person of color like that that was just so big for me and I don't think I was able to process that until I became a teacher and um how like oh okay like I want to I want to do something very similar to a few kids and 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 another thing with it, kind of like what I was saying, I didn't realize the impact that that moment had on me or how he the impact he has had on me um years down the line it it's it's that's also part of the teaching process, I think where we're not gonna see the impact we make on kids
2: mm-hmm.
1: and probably never we'll get maybe the one few one or two few that will reach out like through whatever social media platform we have in like ten fifteen years but right. um yeah it's 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 a very it's a very weird job. It's a hundred percent. It's one of the weirdest jobs I think that there can be um, because of just so many layers and levels to it.
0: Oh, definitely. Yeah. And I feel like you saying that makes me think like teachers are essentially parents from, for the school day for, you know, 20 to 30 some odd students Mm -hmm. per class. And if you want, if you're going into teaching for what I believe are the right reasons, which is what Mr. McHugh did for you, um, by being, you know, like there for their students, that's a lot of responsibility to not only teach. And in New York, there's like crazy guidelines for teaching, but also making sure that your Mm -hmm. students are being held accountable in a, in a caring way, not just in a disciplinary way. So it's a huge juggling act.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. I think the the kids spend more time in our building than they do, like or obviously non-pandemic times. Um, and and this was that's what makes it like this so much worse, right? The pandemic, just like schools is is a safe place for like those students and how, um, right? Even even, I think being a teacher I think weighs like a lot of responsibility, in that sense because. Um, we are impacting their lives and it's kind of like we don't know how we're impacting their lives. So I think we need to approach it from that sense of like uh, being that warm person that is like open and like there for them with anything, right? Like be it academic or personal, um, being there for like what they're going through and trying to navigate the craziness that is being a teenager. Um, and two, then like trying to like support them in gaining Whatever knowledge and skills that they need, um, that the state says that they need to know before they end up graduating, or and even just preparing them to face whatever the real world is, or what quote unquote the real world is, um, outside of the, outside of um, that bubble that is high school. Um, so it, it's 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 um, it's definitely it's it's definitely disappointing. Anything frustrating when you see other people that um, that are clock in clock out people that kind of like don't go in do the bare minimum or what like what we what on paper is like what the teaching what a teacher is but there are so many outside components to it that i think are there and they, and i think most people know and understand that um but it's just like they're very strong lines that um that they won't cross and um again that's their choice but um i think to the population that i teach which is like predominantly black and brown students, um, it's kind of like, well, we, we need a little bit more in order to, you need to give a little bit more to give these kids a little bit of a safer place, a place where they can discover who they are and then discover what their interests are and kind of like remove the barriers that are existing already.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, Umberto, do I give you teacher of the year now or later?
1: Oh my God, no, stop.
0: <laughs> so humble, so humble. Well, actually, Christine might be offended if I say that to you. Um, You guys can both get
1: Christine's it. Christine's that teacher. She's. She, 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 uh,
0: uh, I think they made her become a teacher. She's teaching a couple again. classes. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, a um, few classes, yeah. The pandemic changes everything.
0: <laughs> that doesn't know Christine. Um, <laughs> it's not like she moved to another career and they forced her back into the school she still worked in the school
2: <laughs> no no
1: also shout out to christine she also she she's actually why i got into why i decided to finally apply to the program and um so miss public also shout out to miss public she she made a huge impact on my life ah
0: uh, okay well every question shout- we've had a
1: shout out. oh my god
0: <laughs> yes every every question umberto's mom mr McHugh, miss public All right, let's see if this this last question, let's see if we get a shout out. It would be pretty interesting, but okay. So forwards or backwards, if you could time travel, where would you go?
3: Oh,
1: So my my thought process is, I think I've, and I've hinted at it in like the conversations we've had. It I think one of my like core beliefs is that like the people that we become are is like rooted in experience, and so it's like you remove an experience and it kind of changes who you are a little bit, like the butterfly effect. So my worry of seeing the future is kind of like, how does that then? if I, I see the future right like I go forward a little bit and I figure out what ends up happening kind of like I jump forward I do love to spoil myself when I read books and or I'm, not, I'm joking I don't read that many books when I watch movies or I watch tv shows I like love to go on wikipedia and just kind of like spoil it for me because like I'm I'm I, I want to know like I, I have the desire to know um and right. it feels like I'm going against that right now but I don't want to know what life kind of like would hold. Um, I think that's it's part of the beauty of it, kind of like figuring it out as you go. It's challenging, but I think that's part of like what makes us special as like human beings. Um, I guess, uh, kind of like that we're cognizant about that and kind of like experience it and live it and feel it. And so maybe I, I, I think right now I'm leaning towards going backwards, uh, just to kind of like see what happened and maybe a different perspective on experiences and moments kind of like just reanalyzing it i do that a lot too so i think i'm 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 falling to that uh little little um little side of my brain that wants to you know just like kind of like i do overthink a lot so i do think about uh, like certain moments so it's kind of like maybe going back and like rewinding it and looking at it with a different set of eyes or the not different set of eyes because it's still my eyes but like the eyes of a 29-year-old Umberto versus the 20-something-year-old Umberto that lived through it, or the 15-year-old Umberto that lived through it, you know, Um, because I think, obviously, as we get older, we see things differently, so I think maybe maybe that, I think that answers your question.
0: Yeah, definitely, and uh, maybe you were I I don't know what kind of moments you're talking about, and, um, but, you know, there's exposure therapy for trauma, so if you had any traumatic experiences, you could always go back, expose yourself. This is, like, the most watered down version of this type of therapy, but um, maybe that would be helpful, like, to do that, because when I, whenever I think about this question, I always think, like, well, I also wouldn't want to go in the future, um, and then the past, it would be interesting to observe what happened in the past, but I wouldn't, I would only want to be an observer, and then I would want to come back, but I know, and then when I thought about my own life, I always thought, well, I don't want to go back because I don't have many regrets and all that, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, that's interesting to just look at something and then have a new perspective based off who I am now.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I I feel like um, it's like decisions that we might have made like before, right? But like oh yes let me um uh like for example like uh let me drink all this fireball during homecoming one time like looking Uh at it now with like 29 year old me and living through the experience i would probably say oh and and, like i would think about it and i was like oh no that's probably not the best idea but like looking at it and it does remind me i was like oh like obviously it's like looking at it back now and it's like oh yeah you you um oh yeah got, uh, and then for people that are listening i think i'm sorry it, teachers are like notorious for um for consuming in in substances just if you did you know. um
2: uh-huh. but uh,
1: alcoholic substances um <laughs> let me just clarify that. um but yeah no it's so, like thinking about that like how um how like okay that happened and remembering that um like, uh, it could be a part that I don't remember or choose not to remember, or it's like, oh, why did I make that choice? And kind of like thinking, like following myself as I went through that process. Um, obviously I can't like relive it. I, I, I wouldn't relive it, I think, or make a different choice. Cause again, I think, I, I, similarly, like I don't have regrets because it's like, oh, it's it, all my choices and my decisions and experiences have set me up to be here where I am today and um, you you, you have called me humble, but yeah, I think I'm in a good spot. I think I, I, I feel like I got into a good point um, where I'm, I'm helping out people. I'm contributing to society a little bit. Um, obviously it's not the best of times right now because of the pandemic, but I think, uh, I think overall, like there's not a lot that um, I can complain for. So I'm, I'm pretty okay with that. And I think I don't want to see the future just cause that would then like it's a bag of worms and I think that let whatever needs to be known I think let it be known at the time it needs to be known so like whenever I need to experience that thing then I'll experience it then not with the um foresight or like the pre-knowledge of it
0: right yeah that makes
1: sense this is the question I think I've rambled the most
0: (laughs) no no everything you're saying I agree with and and makes complete sense um It's definitely a hard question to answer because of everything implied. Um, And I was thinking about it before when I was driving today because I had quite a long drive, so a lot of time to Mm -hmm. think. But I was Mm -hmm. thinking, like, when when you're younger, well, when I was younger, I'm not going to speak for everyone else's experience. I Mm -hmm. like you kind of just live day day by day. I I mean, I was grateful Mm -hmm. to have a, a comfortable childhood, so I didn't have to like yearn for a better future, which I'm, you know, very privileged to have that, but, um, you know, like, you get to live day by day, but then, you know, as I got older and had to take care of myself, um, like, you start to think more about the future. It's a lot harder to live in the moment, and um, I was just thinking about, like, you know, it's really up to you if you want to live, you know, every day, like, it's just this day, um, and all of that is to say that it it y- what you said makes me think about that again because you know we pretty much if you went into the future and saw yourself you would probably do everything you could to get to that point if you liked it but in reality you already did all the stuff without knowing it is that confusing
2: mm-hmm.
1: no 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 it's like yeah it's like you you will see- if you liked it, and you you will second guess, I guess everything. Where it's like, do I do this? Will that change it? Will it lead me somewhere else? Will it um, Will it change, like that that the thing that I saw, right that, that moment, that experience, that thing. Um, and so I think we've, yeah, I think it's it's, it's I think with the future, it's kind of like, it's a little bit about having faith, and I think that that like hard. To do, especially like right now, I think it's hard with like the pandemic and everything. But even, even, even with the pandemic right now, I think it kind of like ties into what you're saying. I think right now, I don't know. For me, it feels like this has forced me to live day by day, and it's like it's, it could be a mantra that people have, and like a saying that people think say or like, oh, when others are going through something, you're like, you know, just take it day by day. But it's like I think um sometimes it ha- it is like that, and especially in like the I don't say the worst of the times, but in uh, like when in really um awful situations um kind of like now but then in the flip side it's um and, and I think I I, I I I'm gonna call back to like a conversation we had and you explained something to me and I think it it stood out for like by and ever since we have that conversation about like like um it was something so small it's like oh I'm looking forward to it and that saying I don't know if you remember when we had this conversation um yeah but it was like yeah, yeah. and so um like yeah, that thing, we're looking forward to that thing in later on, but I think we have to live the in-between, right? It's, it is, there is a point A to point B, but all those, like, little things in the middle, all that, like, that line segment that connects it to, I had to connect geometry because that's my job. Um, that's that, that that's a path we need to walk. And so I don't want to, and, and that path, kind of like you said, is, like, because of who we've become, it's kind of like we will go down that path and it, will lead us to be to point B or that point um at at some point and I think we'll just we'll just like go go along in the ride um obviously there's things that I think about in the future that are kind of like oh um long-term things but I don't think like I think for myself and this is why I don't like planning lessons um it's like oh by this point I need to do this or by this point I need to do that or like in a small sense like in a lesson oh by by 30 minutes into the lesson like everybody should be done with this practice. No, I like, I I like to have like bullet points of things like, okay, we are hopefully by then we get to there. But if not, we got plus or minus five minutes or things like that. Obviously that's small time minutes, but like in like bigger things like, oh, um, people getting married or having kids, they like, I feel like some people set like benchmarks of like, oh, by 30, I have to do this by 35, I have to do this by, um, 50 I really hope that everything's like set up for retirement and things like that I think yeah those are goals that we can't have but I just don't like putting a time stamp on things and I think knowing like if I go into the future and see that it's like oh, okay how do we how do we speed this up or how like speed up my experience or how do I get there faster or things like that I, I, don't, I don't want to I not want to know I think that that kind of like I don't want to say dirty. I don't I don't think it dirty is the experience it kind of like but I think it's it's fine I think it's find just the way things are set, like how the course of action was set. That makes sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm flattered that you remember what I said. I just wish I would take my own advice, but yeah, I mean, it used to really bother me when people said, oh, I, well, it didn't bother me unless I guess it had to do with like, it, I guess it stemmed from like, if I was hanging out with someone and then they were like, oh, I can't wait for Mm -hmm. this. And like, I, Um, it bothered me. It shouldn't have. I was just taking it personally when it wasn't personal, but it's just like, but aren't you enjoying like the time that we're having right now? So, I mean, of course, like, I mean, I can't tell people what to say. Of course, it's totally valid to be excited for something like, you know, there's so many things I'm excited for. But if you say you can't wait, Mm -hmm. you're just like discounting everything in between and maybe there's something in between that you don't know about. And like the benchmarks you talked about, like I Mm -hmm. feel like some years are a little slower and not as much happens and some years are like a million things happen. So um, maybe, you know, you wanted to be married by 30, but years 28 and 29, you know stuff was going on and it stopped you but maybe year 31 is like that speed year and it's like whoa all this happened I met this person everything's great like the number is kind of arbitrary yeah
1: and, and so like I think we can't there are things that are out of our control and I think that like certain things are and then I think trying to focus on the things that we can I think we'll I think it's a, it's a good way to kind of like um take things um Kind of like also with like the day by day things, and yeah, obviously, I 100% agree with you about like things that um I say <laughs> and then don't listen to all the time, but again, that's part of like being human and I think just growing and thinking about it and like reflecting on ourselves, um, but uh, kind of like looking forward to instead of like I guess can't wait, yes,
2: but I, exactly.
1: yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. exactly,
0: just living in the moment. So, shout out yeah. to
1: Bella Wood for. Shout out to Bella Wood for that messing with my mind a little bit with that saying and then it lasting so long. I got it. I got oh. a shout out and I knew I was going to be able to.
0: I'm so flattered. I really am. <laughs> and uh you
1: Should be. No, I think it, it's asking the important questions. Even back then you were asking the important questions, Bella.
0: Oh, thank you. You know, I just like it for fun and uh sometimes they can be a little invasive, but whatever.
1: <laughs> no 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 it's good uh, it is uh it was a great conversation i love having these questions these, i loved your podcast long time listener um oh. and i really like how how deep you go into some of these questions and like responses that you get and i think yeah even a simple question could lead to like rambling and uh, oh, yeah,
0: yeah i think we rambled um, a little bit a little bit <laughs> yeah no no i i what I love about this is that I have no idea how people are going to answer. Like, even if I know the person, I, it's you know I can mm-hmm. kind of guess like who's going to talk more than someone else. But honestly, I can't because some people have really surprised me. Their answers have been a lot shorter than I thought they would be, and some people have surprised me and their answers were a lot longer. So it's really cool because a, a reason that I wanted to do this is because. Um, because we're so secluded right now, living in, you know, the time of the Rones, um, you mm-hmm. know, when you see someone, like, it's all about catching up on, like, the big things that they're doing, like, oh, you know, how's your parents, how's your family, like, how, whatever, how's work, and that's all important stuff, but I kind of miss being in an environment, like, in undergrad, when we had our group of friends that we saw all the time, or, when I was in elementary through high school, I had like a solid group of friends or just living like with my family. Like now I mm-hmm. live with my cat who I can't really talk to, but you know, we still have some conversations.
1: I mean, you can um, talk to the cat.
0: <laughs> Mr. Beans, he, he's, he's definitely great company, uh, but I can't ask him <coughs> a question. but But um, this is just a great excuse to kind of have conversations like this um and to kind of forget about whatever's going on in the present which is nice sometimes it's a good escape that doesn't require me to read
1: oh yeah no this is great yeah yes even listening to your podcast shout out to your podcast oh we got two shout outs in. oh so
0: this is the pod this is the episode of shout outs.
1: it's very meta <laughs> yeah
0: shout out to the podcast
1: inside the podcast
0: inside the podcast Umberto, who do you want to answer these questions?
1: Yes. Um, so you brought up like um, a great point just now. And I think I've been so lucky to, I'm going to tie it back to teaching. Um, and you did ask them teaching questions. Uh, oh, well, I brought in teaching a lot of time too. But anyway, um, I, my co-teacher who I've like taught with these like four years now, um, his name is Mr. Kali J or Mr. Marshall. Or Marshall, but um him he because I think we we um we've had many of these conversations or conversations like this, um, with the big questions and the small questions, um, usually inebriated. Um that's how that's why I'm telling you that teachers are like when you're a kid and you think about teachers it's like, oh, they don't have a life. No, we 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 hang out, we chill, we get drunk, we talk about life. Um and I think he me and him had very like conversations like this. And I think, uh, I think he would be a cool guest to, for you to have on your, um, on your podcast. So, Mr. Uh, Colin
0: Marshall. I am very excited to meet Mr. Colin Marshall and to see what he has to say. Cool, cool. Thank you so much for doing this, Umberto. Thank I you. thought your answers were absolutely magnificent. Oh, my goodness. Magnificent. I couldn't get the word out.
1: <laughs> no 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 bella your questions were magnificent i couldn't say the word either um it's just a hard word english is such a weird language um that's a whole different thing <laughs> um but yeah no no thank you for having me
0: of course of course it's recording colin how are you
3: i'm pretty good bella how are you good thanks awesome. um
0: so Colin, Umberto is the one who tagged you for this episode, so can you tell me how you know Umberto?
3: Yeah, um, so Umberto and I both teach uh, high school geometry. I'm a special ed teacher, um, so I co-teach with him, um, and we've been doing that for like three years now, I think.
0: Wow, very cool, very cool. Yeah. Um, and uh, this is our first time meeting, so it is very nice meeting you. This is very cool. Likewise, yeah. Um, And all right, so can you introduce yourself and tell us your name, where you're from, and what you do? Which you kind of said what you do, but.
3: Yeah, for sure. Um, So my name is Colin Marshall. Uh, I'm originally from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. um, And I moved to New York City uh, in 2012, partially to go to grad school, partially to follow a boy. Um, And then, uh, so for work, I'm a special ed teacher. Um, in tenth grade for tenth graders, excuse me.
0: Very cool, isn't it? Always to follow a boy.
3: It's right, <laughs> like I, I felicitated him across the country.
0: <laughs> um. Well, you're our first uh, Milwaukeeite.
3: Milwaukeean, I think.
0: Oh, Milwaukeean. Yeah. Very cool. So happy to have you for sure. Um. So I'll start you out with like a little or question, just to get you in the mood to answer questions. I ask everyone this who's on for the first time. So, are you ready?
3: I am. I'm ready. Okay. Let's do it.
0: What is your favorite food?
3: Hands down, my favorite food is spaghetti and meatballs. Um, yeah, I think pretty simple, but I would do anything for a good spaghetti and meatballs. Anything? Uh, most anything, yes. Okay.
0: I also love a good spaghetti and meatballs it's I mean it's something about it just very like warm and comforting
3: yeah perfect comfort food and just I mean obviously like it has connections to like my mom making it growing up and then I think it was like the first thing I learned how to make myself so yeah
0: yes um you're you're the first spaghetti and meatballs I've had so. I
3: feel so honored to be the first Milwaukeean and the first Spaghetti and Meatballs.
0: I know. Let's see what else we can, what other first we can have. Okay. So here's the first big question. Another first. Okay. On a scale of one to 10, how strictly were you raised?
3: I'm assuming one is not very strict. Ten oh, yes. yes. Very mm-hmm. strict. Mm-hmm. Um... I th- I think I would say a 3 between a oh. 3 and 4.
0: Wow, okay.
3: Um my mom was like a single working mom of five. So I feel like because of that we ha- maybe didn't have like a ton of structure growing up. Um not that my mom like would like let us run around and like do anything, but um I just feel like she didn't necessarily have the time or bandwidth to like um maybe kind of like keep as close of track as like some of my other friends' parents uh, did. Like I never had a, oh, sorry. I never had I never a had curfew. You, sorry. I never had, sorry. I never had like a curfew or anything. Um, Yeah, never had a bedtime, like once high school rolled around, um, just like kind of very loose. Uh, but then like when I would go summer with my dad, he was a little bit stricter. I would rate him maybe like a seven or an eight um, he would like give us chores he would make rules like oh no tv on during the day only one soda a day um so that was kind of like I think we butt heads a lot because you know during the school year I would be very used to kind of like um not a lot of structure and not a lot of rules and then I would go spend summers with him and it would just be kind of like the exact opposite
0: yeah that's interesting to have that difference in your life um I thought of a, oh, oh, so Umberto was, he kind of spoke about, like, how he really, he, he was an eight, he, he was an eight, and, um, he spoke about how he really appreciated it, so now, later in life, do you appreciate being at a three?
3: In some ways, I think, uh, it's, was cool to kind of, like, um, be able to, like, uh, make my own mistakes, make my own decisions, kind of, like, uh, I mean, because, like, I didn't, I don't, I don't feel like my mom gave me a ton of responsibility, so I kind of had to, like, learn it the quote-unquote hard way, but maybe that made it a little stickier in my brain. Um, but then on the other side of things, I feel like people who did have more structure and who came from maybe more stricter households, in my experience, like, uh, were a little bit more... Um, equipped to kind of live on their own right like I never had chores growing up and I've my old roommate he definitely did and so like he was just like um keeping like a clean house came very naturally to him and that was something that like I really struggled with because like my mom again god bless her heart like would work full time and then come home and clean and I oftentimes question like mom why didn't you just have one one of the five of us like do anything
0: yeah, wow, what a woman! Five kids on her own, working, cleaning.
3: Yeah, wow. looking back, it's super impressive.
0: Yeah, really impressive. I can't imagine. Well, shout out to Colin's mom. <laughs> um, okay,
3: next question
0: Who is your favorite teacher?
3: So, I think being a teacher, I've been asked this question like a, a few times, um, in like college and grad school and um in different like teacher settings and I think that if I'm gonna be honest I don't think I had one I think um I was am I allowed to swear a little bit yeah yeah. okay I'm I was kind of like a shitty student um I cared about subjects that interested me and I kind of slacked off in subjects that didn't um and I feel like a lot of the teachers and the subjects I didn't care about kind of just were the of the mindset that like oh this kid isn't gonna try here so I'm not gonna try to engage them um and I think that's kind of really informed how I am as a math teacher and I also uh, teach science because I know that those are subjects I struggled in and so just trying to find like any entry point for kiddos to kind of like get into it at all I I feel like i make a really big effort to do that just because I didn't have that growing up um yeah i think my teach my teachers uh were fine but i don't think anyone stands out as like oh this teacher changed my life unfortunately mm.
0: that's interesting because i feel like a lot of people go into teaching because they had a really phenomenal teacher so would you say it was like your lack of inspiration that made you want to be that for kids
3: i think i um early on in my career i made a conscious decision that yeah, like I think that every kid deserves to have a teacher that they can look back on and be like, oh, that person I don't wanna maybe not change my life but impacted my life. Mm-hmm. Um and I make an effort to be that for as many kids as like who will let me be that for them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. I um uh, after hearing Umberto's answer and hearing your answer and hearing you both talk about teaching, I'm sure you have a very um, great classroom.
3: So. We, tr- we try, we try.
0: <laughs> <laughs> At least it seemed like it would be fun just, you know, talking to both of you. So.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think honestly, like the feedback we get from kids is that our class is super fun, which is like they're oftentimes surprised because they're used to math classes kind of being not fun. Yeah. And yeah, I think we just, again, consciously try to make it as fun as possible.
0: Yeah. As fun as geometry
3: something. can be
0: yes yes because I've had a few math classes where I'm like oh I just can't stand this it's really it's hard but then if it's funny because sometimes if the teacher really knows their stuff they tend to be like more confident in their teaching and they let their personality show more because there's more room for that so that I feel like helps a lot with math classes and stuff
3: yeah I would 100% agree um and like, as a person, like I went to, I got my undergrad in poetry. So I'm kind of like a a, a noob when it comes to math, but yeah.
0: Oh my goodness. Um, do you mind me asking how you got from poetry to math?
3: Not a, So I followed that boy here to get into grad school um, after kind of like not doing much in Milwaukee. Like I graduated uh, with a major in poetry and surprise, surprise, there aren't a lot of positions. <laughs> Available to poetry majors. So I kind of just like uh, cater waitered. I like worked weddings and stuff. And then my friend was like, hey, you should teach at this private school I teach at. You just need an undergrad. So I did that for a year. And then I applied for the teaching fellows. And then um, as a special ed teacher, they can kind of put us anywhere they need us. So they were like, you're teaching math and science. And I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) So I had to kind of like learn it while I was
2: (laughs) yeah teaching
3: it.
0: That's crazy. So you did teaching fellows as well. That's cool.
3: Yeah. I think I was about, I can't, time is so hard. I think maybe three years before Umberto.
0: Oh, okay. So you've been in the game a little longer.
3: Just a little bit.
0: Awesome. Okay. We're getting into our last question. Okay. So this is backwards or forwards. If you could time travel, where would you go?
3: I think I would go, I think, I don't know, I think always in the future, Um, I think as like a person of color, going back in time is probably not, like it's not cute back there, no, um, it's not cute. <laughs> so like I think it would be kind of cool to go forward in time to like kind of like right before human, humans are extinct and just kind of okay. see like what, what became of us and like, what kind of like, I don't know, what, what, what the end is going to be like.
2: hmm.
0: Yeah. When you started that statement, I was like, it's a little dark, the end of humans. But I, I ended feeling hopeful because you do not think that will be in your lifetime, which is good.
3: Right. I'm yeah, I think it'll probably be close to when maybe like the sun goes supernova or whatever.
0: Oh, yeah. I um I don't think it'll be in our lifetime either, but sometimes when you listen to the news, it really does feel like the world's going to end. So
3: Oh, 100%. I think almost daily like, you get that sinking feeling of like, oh, the end is nigh. <laughs> I'm going to spend all my money on like, I don't know, bullshit instead of like paying off my student loans.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I know. So I think about that sometimes too. It's like, we're paying all this money and... Why does it matter? <laughs>
3: yeah, a hundred percent. But then on the um, but then you get like stressed out about your credit score, which again is like an invisible number on the computer or an imaginary number on the computer. But then, yeah, it's real though. I guess.
0: Yeah, to the bank it is. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, um, is uh, would you want to see like your lineage and how that panned out? Or are you just interested in, like, humanity as a whole and where they're at?
3: I think humanity as a whole, I don't, like, uh, as, like, a queer person, I don't really, like, put a lot of stock into, like, continuing my line or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just because, you know, unless I have, like, again, a ton of money, like, that's going to be really difficult to do. Because Yeah. Well, like, I even like, just meant, like, I meant, like, no, like, just, like, my family in general.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the whole, the whole family. Yeah. you're just like yeah whatever
3: (laughs) yeah i mean they're fine but like i think give it like a in a few generations it's gonna be like so far removed from me that like eh, they're just like you know people
0: yeah that's so true at that point it's kind of like unrecognizable wow what a weird thing to think of
3: right how many like i wonder like how many generations until i just like like People just, like, would stop giving a shit, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, how many generations until genetically you can have kids again?
3: Ooh, yeah. I don't think it's many, though. I, I'm on, like, those things, like, Ancestry.com and 23andMe, and I think there are people who, like, are re- really into them. Um, but I just go on and I see all these, like, fourth, fifth cousins, and I'm like, I don't give a shit about you at all.
0: <laughs> yeah, I see that, too. Like, I want a long-lost first cousin. I don't want a long lost fifth cousin. What am I gonna do with that?
3: Right. Yeah. Nothing. So I um found two long lost sisters on 23andMe or Ancestry.com. One of them. What? Two of them. Yes. My dad um got us all um the kits for Christmas one year because he was like really into it, and then a couple months later, one sister one one sister popped up, and then a couple months later a second sister popped up and then my dad was like, I'm deleting this.
0: Oh, my Lanta. I have so many questions. Did your dad know they existed?
3: He did not.
0: Oh my goodness. What a story. That's yeah. incredible. Wow. And they reached out to you?
3: Um. So the first one reached out to me and then some of my other siblings um and then finally got in contact with my dad the second one just reached out to my oldest brother uh and then i think he met her actually wow
0: is there a resemblance at all
3: um the older one the uh the oldest sister that we found like so she was the first one we found looks exactly like my dad in drag, like 100%. It was just like <laughs> so disconcerting seeing a picture of her. Um, the other one, I didn't really see too much of a family resemblance.
0: Okay. Wow, that is oh – my, The regrets your dad must have had when he he's like, hey, everyone, here's this really fun thing. And he's like, oh, my goodness, what can yeah. of worms did I just open? <laughs> Wild.
3: Yeah. And then, like, what do you – do with the information too is another thing I think my family's been struggling with because it's like I mean so my dad is like 76 years old so the oldest sister is in her 50s so it's like we're kind of at a stage where we're all all kind of like established in our lives so like Mm -hmm. we have a family dynamic how do you add another person in when we're all grown up like I think it would be different if we were all kids and we found a new sister but since we're all like grown up It just makes it kind of feel like, where do you fit in my life now that I'm an adult and kind of have my life um, organized as much as it is, quote unquote, organized.
0: Wow. Oh, my God. I just can't imagine what that's like for your dad to find
3: that out. I mean, he was shooketh. And then the second one came along and he was even more shooketh.
0: I just, oh, my goodness. See, that's you hear about this stuff like what if this happened what if this happened but it really does happen i mean i'm yeah wow that's so crazy because i've always thought about it in the context of like what if you had given up a child for adoption and you didn't want to be found ever but they found you through that
3: right i think that like it from like a legal i don't know much about law but from like a legal perspective i'm wondering how things like uh, services like this change it. Because, like, yeah, you can have a closed adoption, but then this obviously supersedes a closed adoption because it's DNA. So then what what do you do? I don't
0: know.
3: I guess if you know that you put a kid up for adoption, do you just, like, never... (laughs) You never fuck with Ancestry.com, I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And... Wow. That's pretty wild. I... Yeah. What a story, Colin. Oh, my goodness.
3: What a story. What a life.
0: What a life. (laughs) (laughs) Well, your answers were amazing. Last one in particular was thrilling. Um, So now I want to ask you, who would you like to answer these questions?
3: That's a really good question. I choose Evan to go next.
0: Okay, Evan, how are you?
2: I'm doing well. How are you?
0: I'm good, thank you. Good to hear you're doing well. Um, So, Evan, you were brought to the podcast by Colin. So can you tell me how you know Colin?
2: Uh, Colin and I go way back to high school. He is my high school ex. Uh, And uh, we sort of, we dated, uh, I was about 16, He was about 17. Uh, we dated uh, for about, oh god, I don't even remember. It was it was maybe less than a year. I don't know. You know how those those high school relationships kind of feel. Yeah. Uh, and then you know, of course, the big tumultuous breakup. You know, yeah. it was the end of the world. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and uh, and then you know, he went off to one college. I went off to another college. We didn't. Uh, you know, we we fell out of touch. I you know sort of had to reach out to a lot of people. I did that with a lot of my, like, high school people between uh, high school and college. I sort of, like, shed it and got some new friends and kept the ones that I, you know, was, were really close to, but sort of shed the ones that were acquaintances, and, uh, and unfortunately, Colin was one of those people, but he somehow found his way back into my life later years, and uh, we're, we're good friends now, you know, he's out in New York, I'm here in Chicago, but uh, we visit each other. Uh, our families still live uh, relatively close to one another in southeastern Wisconsin. So, uh, yeah, that's basically, cool. that's our history, essentially. Nice. the version.
0: Yeah. Well, that's really cool that you, um, you know, have such a good relationship now um, because, yeah, sometimes those breakups are like, feels like the end of the world, but. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that's really good I'm, I'm happy for you guys that's awesome and that you came back in touch after you know the distancing that college brings to a lot of relationships
2: that's right and we're both wildly different people now still kind of the same but huh? I'd like to I'd like to point out that we are very much more mature now than we were at uh, teenagers, so that is uh, an important aspect, I think, of our evolution as friends.
0: Yeah, and that's good. I feel like hopefully most people mature from their high school selves into their adulthood. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, <laughs> okay, so let's introduce you. Um, so who are you? What do you do? And where are you from? I know you mentioned Wisconsin, but.
2: Uh, yeah, so I grew up in southeastern Wisconsin. I went to school for, uh, I, I finished high school. I went to college in Minneapolis and lived and ended up staying in Minneapolis for about 10 years, uh, all nice. told. Uh, I wanted to do uh, commercial photography and I had these big dreams of being, uh, you know, a staff photographer for a swanky ad agency. Um mm-hmm. And this was right around uh, 2008, 2009, 2010, when uh, a lot of film and such that I had learned in high school and my early years in college were being phased out for the uh, for the you know the first wave of like real Photoshop being able to actually use digital to create you know stunning works of art and. Uh, and I think I was sort of like, right. I like, I learned one thing and then the industry was doing another thing. And it was, I, you know, gradually graduated right at the recession. Uh, I tried to make my way in the gig world of, uh, you know, commercial art in Minneapolis, which, you know, is uh, not barren. I mean, Target is there and General Mills are, is there. There's, there are opportunities, but uh, I, you know, I was also very poor, so <laughs> it ended up being a uh, you know, like it was. Uh, it was hard to make gigs work, so I bounced around a bit and I did some things and, uh, you know, did a couple of part-time things here and there, and then ended up uh, at a uh, at a software company for. Uh, uh, Sorry, a software company for electronic data capture vendors, essentially uh, clinical trials use databases to capture their data now and uh, this was a company that peddled such software and I kind of got in at the very like base support level and rose and became uh what is uh they call us implementation consultants this is all very boring and i'll and you cut feel free to cut whatever is uh not relevant here but essentially i work uh, and i made that and i made a jump to the client side of things after about seven years in that um and so now i do clinical data management which means that i uh clean data that is captured by uh, clinical sites for trials. I work on a on study teams, uh, and uh, you know, sort of like one of the people who uh, is making sure that the data that is submitted to FDA uh, is you know clean and uh, coherent and is free of errors and uh, you know that sort of thing.
0: Cool. I think that's really cool. I don't think it's boring. I mean, it's very important <laughs> because data kind of makes the world. Around, honestly.
2: Yeah, that's right. And I sort of made the jump. You know, I was—I've always—I've been good enough with computers that I was able to like make that leap pretty easily. And a lot of the medical stuff has sort of, you know, the clinical stuff has sort of osmosed its way into my brain over the years. Uh, but I've certainly had a lot of support, uh, you know, from my from my larger team. I'm, I'm a I'm a data cog. I'm, in the the larger machine of like life sciences, clinical trials. Mm
0: -hmm. Cool. I mean, I'm sure you're learning things now that you didn't expect to learn back, you know, when you had that different career path.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. I never, yeah, never before, you know, I had, I had friends who kind of did similar things where it's like, well, I'm in this medical field now and I had no, uh, I know it, inclination, or it, it, I never thought that I would be here, but it's just—it's a big industry, and there are a lot of doors that can be opened uh, if you—you uh, know—you know where to look. And in my instance, so I definitely knew somebody, so I will fully acknowledge that I—I uh, ha- I knew someone, someone knew me, and that's how I was sort of brought into that industry. Uh, so I definitely recognize that my privilege there, but. Uh, you know it has uh, it's benefited me well and I've certainly learned a lot and I consider myself like a lifetime learner so I'm happy to do something that I didn't expect to do yeah 10-15 you know, years ago
0: yeah that's awesome I feel like most people get their jobs or start their careers with the help of someone they know like it just it it really is helpful especially like when you apply for positions, there's hundreds of people. So it's really hard to sift through papers to really understand who people are. So there's always an edge when someone knows you and can vouch for you and say like, this person is going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. It's always very helpful knowing people. And yeah, that's why it pays to be nice and friendly and all that good stuff. Um, so do you still do photography for yourself, like as a hobby? Uh,
2: sometimes. Yeah. I've sort of, uh, I used to, I used to be active on Instagram and that has sort of soured in my mouth a little bit recently. So I've been sort of weaning myself off of that social media outlet as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, but no, I do, uh, I, you know, I, but like I said earlier, I've been working out in the yard. I do, I do, I do a lot of gardening these days. Uh, I own a two flat here in Chicago and we have a, a nice big backyard and, mm-hmm. uh, my partner and I have built, put in, uh, basically a micro urban farm. We have tomatoes and peppers. I'm particularly proud of the pepper box this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and melons, we got uh, a melon like cantaloupe with, uh, six big cantaloupes on it right now and like crossing my fingers that the rats don't get to them right
0: (laughs) oh that's awesome i feel like a melon is a big gardening accomplishment
2: yeah they uh they take a little while to get going and they need structure to climb on because they'll patch otherwise and you know we just don't have space for that so we try to get them to go up yeah Uh, and uh it's been we've had we haven't we haven't had a bounty like this with our cantaloupe before but uh it, this year it's pretty exciting
0: Oof, that's gonna taste good i can already i can already feel it for you with a little bit of salt cantaloupe.
2: So. oh yeah mm-hmm. well my partner is all about the prosciutto but oh, uh, yeah. I, i'll skip that one.
0: Oh, i love melon wrapped in prosciutto it, it makes it <laughs> like so much better i'm with you
2: 100 percent all right, well, I'll tell him.
0: Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> but I understand but, that it's definitely a it's a taste thing.
2: Yeah, but to get back to your question, I end up taking a lot of photos of my flowers and plants.
0: <laughs>
2: cuz <Cool. laughs> I am I'm a proud plant dad, firmly.
0: Good, and you should be cuz you're taking care of something and it is succeeding, so that's good. Well, that's awesome. Okay, so I always ask people a question just to get in the mood to ask questions. And okay. when I on for the first time, I ask them, what is your favorite food?
2: Okay. Oh, no, that's easy. It's pad thai. It's chicken pad thai because okay. it has like all of the best things in it. It's got spice. It's got egg. You know, you I don't know. Some people don't like eggs. I like eggs. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, so it's got noodles uh, and it's got peanut sauce, which is like peanut sauce. I don't know why I was such a picky eater when I was a kid. And it really was just, I wasn't exposed to things because I, mm-hmm. you know, you uh, I, I love to eat and I love to cook, apparently, it turns out too. Like this whole gardening and cooking thing is like really sort of transforming my uh away from the computer, away from my workstation experience, my life experience is like all about the earth and apparently and I'm just like living my best swamp witch life. But anyway,
0: uh <laughs> peanut, sauce. The <laughs> peanut sauce. Peanut sauce. Peanut
2: sauce. <laughs> uh and it's just a perfect, you know, it's a perfect dish.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think throw my
2: brother, in the oh, a, sorry.
0: He loves pad thai. He's a big. Pad yeah. It is really good. I'm with you on that. And you are our first pad thai. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No one has even come close. So you are an original. Very nice. <laughs> um okay. Are you ready for the questions? I think so. Okay. The first question is on a scale of one to 10, how strictly were you raised?
2: Oh, okay. That is interesting. Um, I would say, Oh, is it just me or should I like, I have siblings and I feel like maybe the numbers are different. So just me.
0: Yeah, just you, and you can go into if you feel like you're something for different.
2: Sure, sure. Okay, okay. Uh, scale from one to ten, I feel like I feel like I probably land somewhere like on six, like okay. just shy of, like, middle of the road, leaning towards the streets. Okay. Um, my parents are pretty liberal, but uh, we were raised Catholic. My dad's of the man, very Catholic. Um, and, uh, so we did, you know, we went to a Catholic church every week. Uh, but outside of that, we, you know, we had a pretty normal childhood. You know, uh, my older brother, I think, you know, honestly, like the worst parts uh, of it were just like when my older brother would act out when he was a teenager and then he and my dad would fight and, you know, that sort of thing. But like, mm-hmm. I'm sure every not eldest child has a story like that. Uh, Mm -hmm. If they have siblings. So, uh, you know, I don't feel like it was ever, you know, looking back on it as a whole, nothing was ever out of line. Um, You know, certainly. I don't know, I feel like there were things that my parents didn't care if we did. And then and then I think there were things that my parents cared if we did, but there was more about a quality thing like we weren't allowed to or not that we weren't allowed but we never went to Disneyland or Disney World as kids and I think it's because my parents thought that it was like a little gauche you Mm -hmm. know like a little tacky Mm -hmm. like no we're not going to go to Disneyland we're going to go drive halfway across the country we're going to visit your grandmother and grandfather which you know as kids, that was just as good, you know, staying in hotels with swimming pools. That's basically what I, what I think kids are doing at Disneyland besides riding the rides. They're just like swimming in the hotel pool, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So,
2: but yeah, I think it was like that sort of thing. Like, no, you know, you don't want McDonald's. We, you know, we, it's not that we weren't allowed. It was just, it was always a very special treat and it did not happen very often. But I think that a lot of that was just coming from a place of like, my parents kind of thought that was a little tacky. And so they didn't have it in the house, for instance.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. I totally understand that. Cool. Yeah. I feel like siblings definitely have it differently. Like I am older and my sister is obviously younger and I feel like our scale is different. So I
2: can see. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, And it's shifted too. I think my, in particular, and my dad has, uh, who used to really rail on my brother when he was younger, has like come around and is now, comes to his defense. Mm -hmm. uh, Even when I think it's a little unwarranted. (laughs) And I'll try not to say anything embarrassing in case any of them are listeners, but uh, I'll just say that there are some things that me and the rest of the family kind of raise an eyebrow at when my dad comes to fence for my elder or my older brother i'm the middle so uh, okay. i think i'm the one who raises the most eyebrows
0: <laughs> that's funny um okay second question who was your favorite teacher
2: Oh, my favorite teacher, hands down, was uh, this woman named Lisa Floating, who was uh, my English teacher. There was a joke when I was in high school that amongst them that I was like a child of the English department because Mm -hmm. I had basically taken every course that was offered except like the remedial courses, (laughs) essentially. So I knew all of them and, you know, I did pretty well in school you know I just it it was it was I you know I was I was definitely not a popular kid so I decided to be a smart kid instead and you know that I guess kind of paid off I get to work from home now so uh you know adulthood is not that bad uh but uh getting back to your question yes uh Lisa Floating came and she she came into our school when I was a junior Mm -hmm. and she was also maybe like Ten years out of college at that point. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, as like a young gay kid in a small town, like yearning for metropolitanness, uh, definitely was like, "Oh, hey, you young liberal, awesome person, Let the, mm-hmm. who's older, let's be friends." So I have legitimacy, mm-hmm. you know. And she was definitely, you know, we. Uh, uh, Nothing, she never like, you know, took me out drinking or anything, like nothing untoward. Yeah. But uh, I was, you know, I definitely like went and talk, chatted with her before and after school, just about like nothing and everything. Uh, you know, we've definitely, uh, you know, we've stayed in contact, a, we stayed in contact a little bit uh, when I went off to college and that kind of fizzled out. Um, she had, uh, she had her first child and uh, you know, things get, Co- not complicated, but things get busy when you have kids, when you yeah, didn't definitely. have kids before. So, uh, mm-hmm. and, you know, not being in the same city and not really in you know, between her career and my struggling to find one, uh, we just kind of fell out and uh, out of touch. Not really out, just out of touch. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I've definitely tried to like look her up on the Instagram because that's the only social media I have anymore. Uh, and apparently not everyone uses that in the way that I thought they did. Uh, uh, so yeah, I haven't really, uh, haven't really, I don't know. I don't have any contact information for her, So I lost to the ether. I'd have to do sleuthing to find her again, but it's not out of the realm of possibility, especially now that I'm in Chicago and much closer to my hometown than I was when I was living in Minnesota.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't have a lot of listeners, but you never know.
2: <laughs>
0: so, <laughs> listen. Um, well, you
2: know, once you say anything on the internet, it's there forever, right?
0: Exactly. Exactly. So she I hope I don't
2: get anyone in trouble.
0: <laughs> no doubt it. Um, all right. Last question. If you could time travel, where would you go?
2: Oh. that is a good one. I mean, I'm such a time travel nerd. I was like, uh, watched way too much Doctor Who. And I think that is one of those questions where it's like, now the burden of choice. Um, Out of, out of, um, out of grasping for an answer to you, I guess I would probably go somewhere in the future. And, uh, you know, given not to get too like, politically philosophical, but it'd be nice to see, oh shoot, I'm losing you just a little bit, sorry. Uh, mm-hmm. It might be nice to see, you know, if things turn out all right a little bit mm-hmm. down the road, you know, if uh, if humanity kind of gets its act together a little bit, mm-hmm. um, but that's a little bit of a coin toss these days. So, you know, you could be walking into something really horrible 500, 1,000 years in the future or even you know, further probably not too far further because that's when things start to break down you know yeah you probably step out of a time machine and immediately succumb to whatever bacteria is like in the world that you've stepped into so probably not too far into the future but enough to see how some how a couple things turn out
0: Mm, yeah I think that would be really interesting I just wouldn't know what to do with the information once I had it
2: well if it was better, you might just consider staying.
0: Oh, that's true. That is true. Yeah, I don't know how time travel works. Like, does former you stay in the present, and then there's just an alternate version of you in the future, or are you did you disappear?
2: Did you disappear? Futurama rules. Oh no, I guess that he was. He didn't really time travel. He was frozen.
0: I I never watched it
2: oh <laughs> well, that's okay We probably don't want fox coming after you you will just cut this part
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's okay like i said <laughs> not many listeners um awesome okay so the future yeah i feel like
2: yeah the just distant enough future
0: mm-hmm. got it got it very cool um so evan you are the last person on the episode and it was a pleasure having you and uh, maybe we'll see you again
2: Yeah, thanks, Bella. It was great.
0: Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Removed. A special thank you to Umberto, Colin, and Evan for joining me. On this episode, it was lovely catching up with my friend Umberto and meeting Colin and Evan. We traveled from New York to Chicago, and we saw a little bit of the East Coast and the Midwest. If you want to see the faces of those you've heard on Removed, check out the Instagram at RemovedPod, that's at R3M-O-V-E-D-P-O-D. Feel free to send a DM with a question that you'd like to be heard asked. Thank you again for listening.